Hello again, friends, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Daniel Day, your host, and I get to be joined again for the second time with Dr. Gary Denbo. Brother Denbo, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Dan. I, it's so good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to come and be with you. Well, it's all my pleasure, and I'm really grateful for your time. Uh, as we get started, as always, please open us up with a quick prayer. Father, we are thankful that you have blessed us with all heavenly blessings in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that we thank you for blessing us with is the ability to keep on going, even in really difficult times. Thank you for Daniel Day and this podcast that has, uh, it's kept going through some really difficult times. Thank you for all the pastors and their churches that have kept going, even when it seemed impossible. Bless us, O oh Lord, today as we talk about, from the scriptures, how to keep going, how to keep on keeping on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, as Dr. Dimbo just alluded to in his prayer, today's topic is endurance, how to keep on keeping on. I want to start us by just opening up with this little verse, Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. We have need of endurance. Yes. Dr. Denbo, I would like for you to just open us up quickly. Give us a biblical definition of what that means. The word endurance comes from the Greek compound word. The first part is hupo. That's the, that's the prefix from which we get the word hypo. Hypodermic needle is a needle that goes under. So the, the word hupo is a preposition that means under. Moneo is a verb that means to bear up or to shoulder. So when you put those two things together, hupomone, it means to come under a load and stand up with the load on your shoulder. It means to bear up under a load. Totally different than the word patience. The word patience in the Greek is makrothrumeo, and that means to abide or to patiently wait, and we, we, we know what that means. And the, the, the kicker here is, the, the confusing thing is this, that the King James Version mixes up patience and endurance and uh, defines the words differently than we use them in common usage nowadays. But the word we're going to talk about today is this biblical word, you just, you just alluded to it from Hebrews chapter 10, plenty of other, many other references to it in the New Testament. And in the, in the verb form, it's hupomoneo, in the, in the noun form, it's hupomone, endurance, it's the noun form. And both of them mean to bear up under difficult circumstances, heavy weights, and keep on keeping on. Now, it doesn't use the word in Ephesians chapter 6 when it talks about the armor of God, but it says this, having done all, stand. And that's this word, having done everything you could do, bear up under the load, bear up under the load. And as I prayed in the prayer, boy, we've had some loads to bear up under, but we just keep on going. And there are so many biblical examples of that happening. So that's a quick biblical Greek definition of it. And so when you find the word in the scripture, it'll be translated, as I said, in the King James, sometimes patience, for instance, in Romans chapter five, verse three, add to your faith patience. But the word there is really endurance. In the New American Standard, it's translated perseverance. Um, 
one writer translates it steadfast fortitude steadfast fortitude uh, we might in the vernacular just use the word guts just just having the ability to stand that's the word we're talking about why is this subject so important to you right now well as you can see and as you know from pastoring a church and having gone through i i was actually an inner pastor of a church of over the last uh year and um when it got to the third week of March, I was actually on the road that week coming home from vacation when the folks at the church called and said, we just can't have church inside on Sunday because the governor's asking us all to, uh, to you know, I mean, I'm like, we're going to have church. And then they, we kept talking and decided we couldn't do that. Uh, so a lot of churches scrambled to try to figure out a way to get to their people. I think about 75 or 80% of all Protestant churches ended up with some kind of telecast, either on Facebook Live or something else. And we had to learn to adapt. We had to learn to keep going, even though it meant doing things that we didn't normally do, we kept bearing the load. Then we had to, we had to figure out ways to pray for our people. We had to figure out way to, ways to minister to the sick because they were in the hospitals, but we couldn't go. We had to figure out uh, ways to do Bible studies, Sunday school classes, all of that. We just kept going in the midst of the greatest difficulty. Some pastors kept going even when they, they really didn't feel like it. They were discouraged that they were sick, but they kept on going. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So this past year is just a really good example of what it means to keep on plowing through, even though you're walking through the deepest, darkest valley you ever walk through in your life. Yeah. And you've been so many things over the years. You've been a missionary on foreign land. You've been a Bible college president. You were my president at Central Bible College. Amen. Uh, wonderful time in my life under your tutelage and leadership. Uh, you've been a pastor. You were a pastor for many, many years. You've done a lot. Was there a particular time in your life that stands out to you perhaps that that was the season that you learned the importance of endurance? Well, we were missionaries overseas, and I was doing the best I could. We were pioneering a church. I was, I was uh, in charge of the uh, what's now called Global University, back then International Correspondence Institute, the office in our country in the Philippines, and and uh, we were we were doing our best. I was spread so thin, and I ran up against a conversation one day that literally just took the wind out of me. It really took the wind out of me. It's one of those. Uh, you know, I, I could just pack up and go home. And in fact, we'd had some friends in, in the Philippines that had just decided I, I, they had received a letter, kind of a scolding letter, and that letter broke their back and they just couldn't keep going. I remember going home after that conversation that I had that just literally was the hardest thing, I, one of the hardest things I ever sat through and deciding I will not let this destroy what God is doing right here, right now. I'll keep on going. And so that was, you know, a time of personal difficulty that we faced. We've been through sicknesses. We've been through difficulties. We've been through uh, the, these last uh, few years I've been doing interim ministry. And, you know, usually when they call in someone like me to do an interim, it's because there's a trouble situation. And so I've, I've with five churches, I've walked through some pretty deep troubles and, uh, and just basically encouraged them, just keep on going. And I just kept walking with them from one Sunday to the next, not knowing what was going to erupt or what was going to happen. 
we just keep going. So there have been so many times, so many times that disappointments come or some person I really trusted has, has <laughs> turned their back on me or some financial situation has fallen through or, you know, the roof has fallen in, so to speak, uh, that I just had to pull on every bit of faith I could pull on to say, God, you got to help me through this. And I just praise God. I, uh, it's been 55 years, basically, that I've been in, uh, well, up to the time I retired back in 2016. And even then, I've, been, I've done five interims. So I've been preaching most of the time for the past 55 years. I've just found God faithful. Yeah. When, when we give up, we don't give God a chance. But when we keep on going, when we endure, then we give God a chance. We give God, I don't mean chance in the way of happenstance, but we give God the opportunity to prove himself true through us and through what we're going through. And he will always prove himself true. He will not forsake us or leave us. He says it nine different times in the Bible, at least he says it, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so we stand on that promise. And because we stand on it, God comes along beside, beside us and he says, I'll help you through it. And he does every time. Every time. I'd like to circle back around to that moment in the Philippines that you mentioned where you made a decision in your heart and you prayed. You said, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let this get in the way of what God is doing. And just as a way of follow-up upon that moment, I'm just curious, when you did decide to stand, you decided to dig deep and find that grit uh, to stay when others were leaving. I wonder if after that moment when you said in your heart, I'm staying, how did God's grace respond to you in that moment? First of all, he gave me grace to forgive the people that had confronted me. I mean, I just had to say, I put them in God's hands. To this day, I don't hold a grudge against them or any kind of ill. I love them. And no ill feeling. So he gave me grace to overcome that so that I wouldn't let it be a stumbling block in my daily life. He gave me grace to, uh, to learn the language and uh, to learn it well enough to where it's basically it stuck with me a great deal over these past 50 years and uh, or 40 years. He, he just gave me grace. He gave me grace to be able to plow through. Uh, we saw a great church planted. Uh, I was able to hold crusades in 41 different provinces out in the Philippines to minister uh, over half the provinces of that country. And, uh, and I, think, I think that was a, a moment where I could have walked away. But when, when by God's grace, I decided I'm not walking away. Do you think that your decision to endure actually opened the floodgates to the grace of God? I believe so. I think my, I think my willingness to be used of God opened the door for things to happen that never would have happened. Um, even coming to Central Bible College, I, I, uh, it's interesting that when I came home from the Philippines, the first extended meeting I did was for, for spiritual emphasis at CBC in September of of 1981. Uh, but the doors were open. The doors were open that I, I never could have opened. Uh, I think God uses our endurance as a means of blessing us with more. 
if you've been faithful over a few things, he'll make you ruler over many. If, if you're faithful with earthly things, he'll make you ruler over heavenly things. God just has a way of uh, promoting that is beyond anything you could do or earn on your own. If you're just willing to stick with the stuff, to, to stay by the stuff and to do what he tells you, tells you to do. Yeah, so good. Thank you for that. I'd like to shift to uh, who modeled this for you. Um, I'd like you to either give a <clears throat> scriptural example or just some, some uh, personal examples of, of leaders in your life that, that showed you the way. Well, the, when, I, when I was in the Philippines, the Sheffield uh, Worship Center in Kansas City back then Sheffield Assembly of God, sent me a set of books, a set of commentaries, the William Barclay Daily Bible Study Series, little paperback commentaries. And I know William Barclay was not Pentecostal or evangelical, but I'm telling you he was a Greek scholar. His writings on chapter five of Romans in that, that volume of his book during this time opened my eyes to the meaning of this word, hupomone, this hupomoneo, this verb about endurance. and so I credit him, and once once I got into that, I went through his all of his New Testament series, finding time after time after time when he comes back to this word, and uh, and because of his emphasis on it, I began to build this this love for this word. Then I began to see people there uh, uh, there uh, you you live not too far from where one of my dear friends lived before she went to heaven. She lived over in Plant City. Uh, a lady named Mamie Williams who endured hardship and, and yet came through it as a champion of the faith. We, uh, she came out to visit us in the Philippines one time, and we, we, gave, we had our 75th birthday party for her at that time. And then later on when I passed her, uh, she was past 90, and she came to preach in my church. And uh, she was just one who endured and hardships and difficulties, uh, uh, traveling as a single woman evangelist in places where it was very difficult to travel. She just kept on enduring. Out in the Philippines, we have a lady named Virginia Cruz. She became an apostle, uh, really an apostle during the charismatic movement. And she did so many things to open doors. She opened doors even during the Marcos era, she held Bible studies inside Malacanang Palace. When the Marcos just moved to Hawaii, she would stop and visit them in their home on the way back and forth. Now, I'm talking about an Assemblies of God preacher. But because she just kept on doing what God told her to do, God kept opening doors. And so Sister Virgie, we called her Sister Virgie. She really opened my eyes to see what steadfast endurance is all about. And I could go on naming missionary after missionary, pastor after pastor that has influenced my life over the past number of years. Um, I think the biblical example, I, there are a number of biblical examples. The apostle Paul said, uh, said, I, I press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. God. In other words, I'm enduring until I reach the prize, the goal. He said, there is a, a a crown laid up for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give to me on that day. And not to me only, but to all them who love his appearing. And I think of James, uh, the brother of Jesus, who wrote the, the book of James, who uh, probably at one, at some point was beheaded by Nero. Uh, but he just kept on. And, and, in, and in the last chapter of his book, he just makes endurance the goal of every Christian. He tells us to endure. So 
Uh, I look at these biblical examples. I look at Old Testament examples like Jeremiah, who was imprisoned, who was beaten, who, who suffered. He was put in stocks. He was put in the deepest prison. And yet he, he told the truth. He was put in prison for telling the truth, beaten for telling the truth. And yet he kept enduring all the way to the end. So plenty of biblical examples and plenty of examples, good examples in my life of people that just kept on going and would not quit. How does one grow in the area of endurance? <laughs> well, now that's the difficult part because James said, in this life, you will have tribulation. Yeah. So you don't learn to endure without going through trials. And some people don't learn to endure going through trials. They learn to gripe or they learn to complain or they learn to get hard feelings or get their feathers ruffled. They just don't learn biblical endurance. And um, uh, the Apostle Paul, is a, he, he's a good one uh, to cite on this because he said, uh, uh, a messenger of Satan came to buffet me uh, with a thorn in the flesh. He said, three times I prayed, God relieved this thing from me. Uh, and then he said, I came to the realization that uh, God's grace is sufficient for me and his strength is made perfect in weakness. So the ability to endure comes with going through the things of life. Some things that happen because we mess up. Some things that happen just because we're human. Some things that happen because the devil is out after us. All these things come against us and, and they, they, they would overpower us. Except... God is working in us, and the spirit that's in us is greater than the, than, the, than the outside forces that are working against us. So we go through one trial. Maybe it's a baby step, and we learn how to handle that. And then, and then we go down the road, and we face another trial. And we learn how to handle that, and we face another trial. And you know, you've been pastoring for a number of years now. You, in the pastoral ministry, you, you, face, you don't go two or three days without facing something new. But you base what you're going to do off the experience you've gained from the things you've previously gone through. And, and, and you learn how to conquer the next mountain by the fact that you conquered the last mountain. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't as high, maybe not as difficult, but you were able to get over it. So it builds a confidence in you. God won't let me down. God won't fail me. I can keep going even in the midst of severe trouble or trial because God will bring me through. And when we get to the other side, we can say like Paul, God's grace, is, God's grace was sufficient for us and his strength was made perfect in our weakness. God, the miracle that happens when we get through it is we don't know how we got through it and we really don't know how the problem got solved, but we know that God did it. Amen. And that helps us. So there are, no, there are no shortcuts in the process of learning to endure under hardship. I don't think there are shortcuts. Now, I think there are smart things to do like watching other people, reading, reading biographies of people that endured. Uh, I recently read a two-volume set on great preachers, um, great evangelical preachers, or great Protestant preachers, I guess you'd say, over the past, uh, well, since, since Christ, <laughs> since, especially since the Middle Ages, and reading about Spurgeon, you know, enduring all he had to endure, uh, living for years with the severe gout and nephritis and uh, uh, you know, physical problems, even depression, and yet he kept on preaching and kept on preaching until 
until he was about 58 years old when his physical problems took him, but he, he, he didn't let his physical issues keep him out of the pulpit, even though being in the pulpit was often the, the least comfortable place he could be in the middle of sickness. He just kept on pressing on. I want that kind of spirit that I can keep pressing on regardless of physical issues, regardless of things pressing on me. Yeah. When I get up in the pulpit to preach or minister, I lay all that aside and the grace of God takes over and the message becomes clear. Uh, and I, the preaching doesn't have to be about my own troubles or trials. It's about the grace of God and how God will see us through. The, the, the strength of Job to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We can say that and we can believe it. We can walk in it. Yeah, it's, it seems like people who have been used in very mighty ways by the Lord have simultaneously uh, also had to steward a lot of pain and difficulty and betrayal and hardship. And, you know, everybody wants their shadow <laughs> to heal people, but not everybody wants to drink the same cup that Peter had to drink, right? Exactly. So I'd like for you to just weigh in a little bit more on that topic there. Yeah, the success is not measured, in my opinion, is not measured in the way on the ball field you measure success with statistics. You know, the data. Um, uh, how many points did the person score? That sort of thing. Success in gospel work is faithfulness. Yes. And so being faithful to the call of God, I think when Peter realized that, when he had his encounter with Jesus, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Um, Peter, do you love me? Care for my lambs. When he had that encounter with Jesus, and then he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he understood at that point. Uh, and that, that understanding helped him to be faithful all the way to being hung upside down on a cross in Rome. Uh, he... He had to he had to walk through some trying times, some times when he, he really failed, and yet God brought him through so that he could be a witness to testimony. Yeah. Everybody I know that has been successful has walked through some trying times. Yeah. And, uh, I would like to tee up our final question by sharing a small portion from a book I recently read. Okay. It was a, um, it was a book about some of the top, fighters uh, in various genres of fighting, whether it be mixed martial arts or boxing or wrestling. And it, it was a book about their mindset and, and what they took into a fight. And uh, obviously there were some uh, great spiritual parallels to their training and how they got into the mindset. And one of the fighters, um, his record at the time of his big fight was like 26 and eight. Uh, he had knocked out 26 people and, uh, he had lost eight fights and he was going mm. up against the undefeated challenger. And, mm. um, and he said, I would much rather fight somebody who's never lost than to fight somebody who's lost a lot and they're still fighting. And he said, somebody who has lost eight fights and they're, they've learned from those fights and they're still getting up and they're still fighting 
Exactly. People who get down, who've been knocked down and get back up and they keep on getting back up to this, this idea of endurance. They are far more dangerous than someone who's quote unquote undefeated. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so the last question today is, I'd like you to speak to the people who've been knocked down. They need a comeback, right? They need to get back up. And, and I want you to encourage them because they actually become far more dangerous to Satan and his devices if they get back up and get back. Yeah, you might have a, a, a record of, of 10 and 3 or 10 and 10. You know, maybe you won 10 and lost 10, but you got back up, you know? Talk to those people who need a comeback today. William Barclay that I referred to earlier um, defined Hupomonet in one of his commentaries as the triumphant adequacy that can cope with life. I read that and thought, I don't feel adequate. Sometimes I don't feel adequate. But then I re- realized it's not my adequacy. It's, it's the spirit of God that works in me. God is greater in me than the forces outside me. So I have to turn to the strength that is within me. I reread this morning, um, Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. I need that Holy Spirit within me, forming in me the expectation of what God's going to do. And so when I face difficulty trials, when I'm knocked down, when I, when, when it, you know, it's, it's one of the difficult battles and I don't quite win it. Then I don't say in my own strength, I'm getting up. I say, basically I have an adequacy that comes from above. I have an ability to get up. That is not my own because the Lord strengthens my legs, strengthens my ankles, strengthens my knees, strengthens my hips. He causes me to stand. And when I stand, I'm standing by the grace of God. You, you might remember um, right, right close to the end of your time at CBC, Reggie uh, had, had begun to sing a song with heart song, I'm Still Standing. I'm still standing. I can hear it echoing through the halls of our chapel. And it says, I'm still standing, but by the grace of God, that's us. You're not going to stand up in your own, in your own strength. Uh, it's not going to be because of uh, the sheepskins you have on the wall or anything. It's going to be because God is working in you. So my friend, whatever you've gone through, let God work through it. Let him work in you. Let him deliver you from the, from the throes, from the, from the chains that it's bound you with. Let him break those chains off of you and, and stand up in the grace of God. Hallelujah. And say, by God's grace, I'm going on. I'm going through all the way to the end. I'm press tw- pressing toward the mark for the high price of the call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I'm going to say that because that's the truth. Get up and get going. God is in you. God is with you. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the power to do it. Amen. Brother, I think that is a wonderful note for us to go to prayer. And we'll conclude our talk uh, as you pray for us and conclude our time here. And for those watching right now, please stay tuned for this prayer. This is the reason why we've gathered right here to pray the Holy Spirit into your situation. 
And if you feel like you've been knocked down, you're not out for the count. Hallelujah. You've just heard a man of God saying to you through the power of the Holy Spirit, get up, get up. You're not done. And uh, Dr. Denbo, please pray for us in that direction. Father, bless my brothers and sisters who are with us today. Thank you, O oh God, for the opportunity just to review this one biblical word, this one great word, endurance. Thank you, Lord, that you put it in the scripture to show us that we needed to have steadfast fortitude in our service for you. We need to have the ability to get up. But Lord, it's not our ability. It's not our bootstraps. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working us, working in us that says you can't stay down. If God is with you, you've got to get up. If God is in it, you've got to face it. You've got to stand up. Lord, I'm praying, give my brothers and sisters, especially those that are most discouraged today, give them, I pray, O oh Lord, the ability to lay aside the weight that does so easily beset them and to stand up and having done all, to stand in the power and might of the Holy Spirit and face the issue at hand. Oh God, I pray for victory upon victory to come as men and women of God rise up, rise up and fill the place that you call them to fulfill this Sunday and preach the word with boldness and share the gospel with great, great spirit. Let it happen, I pray. Encourage us and strengthen us by the word. Give us a testimony that we almost lost it, but by your grace, we gained it all again. You gave us a second chance to serve you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I'd like to conclude our time together just by reading this one verse, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11. This is our prayer for you today. Be strengthened with all God's power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience and joy. Amen. And so with that, Dr. Denbo, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Daniel. Good to be with you.